dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rose. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Back at it again for the You Can't Make This Up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. What's good, partner? Hey, man, we here. What's this, week 15? Man, that's a lot of work. Yeah, man. Proud of us. Absolutely, man. We definitely going to get into those heavy topics. But before we get into that, man, what did you get into this weekend, man? Uh, this weekend, man, just a uh, final uh, preparation for this baby. Uh-huh. Uh, did a few little things. Got a couple little things for the baby and uh, make sure the wife got her bag packed. Just in case. Hospital bag packed. Get that together. So pretty chill. Um, Next weekend, I got a young greatness gig. Yes, sir. So definitely going to be uh, getting ready for that. And then a uh, couple weddings coming up towards the end of the month. So. Yeah, man. You enjoying, this, enjoying these little last two weeks off. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Man, uh, I can speak from the perspective of I'm just an uncle. Yeah. And uh, whenever I go to Cleveland, I hang out with his little nephew and everything like that. He's, uh, shoot, 16 months old, 15 months old. So he's still a little dude, man. But he is a, uh, he wild, man. Yeah, man. They don't sit still. They don't sit still. He not. up and at it. He going. It's wild, man. So me right. and wifey just babysit for a little, like a day or two, and I'll be ready to get back to DYT. Like, yo, yeah, yeah. it gets real, <laughs> it gets real. And then throw in like DJing or being partying, being out. That eight o'clock day, I need some cereal. Call be. That's right, cause you yeah. got other little ones. Yeah, man, I got two other girls. So it's funny right now. They've been at my mom's this summer. Uh, my mom been helping out with the with the summer watch, mm-hmm. and uh, she got them on third shift. Man, it's it's hilarious. Like my youngest be up late as hell now, and it, it's helpful for her because she works from home. She's kind of doing me a favor, mm-hmm. so it helps that you know the kids be sleep for three quarters of her day. They don't get up to like twelve. <laughs> they on some like high school. They eight and seven, so it's like. That I, is the high school move. Yeah, I summertime. Them, right, I tell them now. I'm like, look, when this baby comes, y'all about to get back on boot camp. Y'all ain't gonna like me for a while. Everybody gonna be awake when this baby crying. You gonna have them help out? Oh yeah, man, they excited, man. My my oldest, she's excited. She's already like, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that, and and she's gonna be my little helper in the back seat. You know, see what's going on. So my youngest, she's excited, but I know her. She like she's excited for the first or second time, but the the thirtieth time I ask her to go get some diapers and some wipes, she's gonna be like, uh Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that kid. Can't for you me. get it yourself? <laughs> That's kid number two for me. So How different are your daughters? Man. Started night and day, man. They, they really are different. Like they're different, but then again, they're like the same and unseparable. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like I, I can remember when my oldest was, was born, she was in the 90th percentile of height and weight mm-hmm. out the gate. So she was 90% height, 90% weight. My youngest, when she was born, she was 11th percentile height and weight. And, like, she stayed. So it's, like, one's little, one's huge. Uh-huh. One's, like, a people person kind of like me. She, My oldest reminded me a lot of me as a kid. My youngest... She'll participate in most things, but she don't have no problem going to the tree and looking for worms by herself or mm-hmm. reading a book or chilling out on the Kindle. Like she likes her me time too. And she's all and that's at seven. I'm like, Jesus, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> so That's weird, man, yeah, because uh my mom always tells me how much me and my brother act exactly the same. Yeah. She's like, I know what you're doing because he did the exact same thing. Y'all act so much see, I think alike. That's coming. Like that's really? where I'm at. Like I'm starting to see like, my youngest wants to do what, like, she been on super third shift. So when I did the Brandon McKinney camp and my oldest got up at seven, six in the morning to come with me to this cheer camp mm-hmm. and to DJ, she was like, yeah, I'm going to go. My youngest was like, mm, I'm tired. Like, she didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. But then come back and see the videos and the pictures and how much fun Camille had. Now she, like, mad that she on third shift and she couldn't get up, you know, so. 
We got somebody calling in right now. Let's check it out. Let's see if we can get this to work. Uh, if it don't, uh, deal with the edit. Hold <laughs> on. Let's see if we get this working. Yo, can you hear me? Yo, what's going on, man? Woo, it yeah. works. It works. It works. <laughs> Shell shock in the building. What's good, boss? Oh, man, I can't, I can't complain, man. What up, boy? This your boy, Killer Kev, man. How you been? Oh, you know, same shit, different toilet. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, man. What's up, man? I've been checking y'all boys out on the on, on the joint. I've been seeing y'all working and moving. Absolutely, yeah, man. You. For people that do not know, man, give me your your little brief history between your rapping and uh, being a resident in Dayton, Ohio, for a little minute. Um, for people who don't know me, man, I go by the name of Shell Shock. Uh, was stationed out there, right, Patterson, man. Some years back, man, I lived in Dayton probably about eight years. So I pretty much started my whole musical career right there in Dayton. Uh, rest in peace to my big brother Mo Beats. Uh, he kind of brought me up in that in that, that industry out there in Dayton. Man, I pretty much learned everything about the music industry from him, and pretty much from the city of Dayton. Man, so if you was out there in them clubs, man, back in 07, you know, <laughs> 05. yeah, man, <laughs> them creams, yeah, rains, yeah, MJ yeah. days, yeah, man, we we was out there running wild, you know. Me and OPs, you still chit chat about the evolution days and how. Man, it was crazy, man. It was, it was, we was like, felt like we were like 18, 17 years old, man, running with the youngsters, though. So yeah. it was cool, man. I learned everything everything from the city of Dayton with this music stuff, though, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace to the big homie Mo Beats. Absolutely, man. It just seems like Mo touched so many people, man. Man, he did. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Absolutely, man. But you're back home in Baton Rouge right now, right? That is correct, man. I've been back since about 2010. I, um, for those who didn't know, I went overseas for a couple of years, working in um, Iraq for a little bit, and I transitioned moving back to Baton Rouge probably around 2010, 2011. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, obviously, tragic news all through this week, to be honest, man. We come off uh, celebrating 4th of July. Everybody's barbecuing, setting off fireworks. Everybody wearing their red, white, and blue. And then the rest of the week unfolds, and you being... Down there in Baton Rouge, we wanted to have you on the pod just to talk about everything going on down there about Alton Sterling. That's right, uh, most definitely. Um, it's crazy, like you said, man. Just just a week ago, it was all good. We was barbecuing, everything was cool. And then what you have here, one of the bloodiest weeks I've seen in a long time, man, since nine eleven, and yeah. it's just been a tragedy, man. My city is is hurting right now. Uh, the city is on edge, you know. People want justice, you know, and people want peace at the same time. And it's uh, it's just really, it's it's crazy, man. Like I've been going out there literally every day after work or before work. Now the second thing you're ready to, uh, to go out there here in a little bit, and you know, to to be a part of, of history. And it's just, it's just tensions are high, man. But for people who don't know or or all you have is the media outlooks of what's going on, it's really been a peaceful situation and if anybody knows anything about louisiana man we known for tearing up everything we're gonna shoot up everything like we have a bad reputation of violence and for to see the city actually coming together and ain't nobody out there shooting up nothing and and, and going the route that they normally these kids normally take mm -hmm. it's been amazing you know yeah. so i've been able to bring some of my younger cousins out there to let them witness this and see and be a part of this history because I think change is going to happen, and I think the people here are coming together and doing it the way they're supposed to do it. You know, they boycotted the mall. Nobody's been in the mall since Friday. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. I wasn't sure if, like, that was real or, you know, everything you see on Facebook isn't real. So I was just going to ask you about that. Is that, like, legit? That is legit, man. Nobody's going to, Nobody's been in the mall since Friday. That's crazy. That's, that was a you, question man, I had for you, too. It was, like, being that you live there, like, you know, we only seeing maybe national news coverage, nightly right. news. You know, you might sprinkle it in on the on the five o'clock news, but like being there, I'm sure there's things that we ain't hearing. So I'm glad you brought up that. You know how positive things is, and that was a question. Oh man, I had for you. and the, the Black Panther Party—they are here. Wow, they are leading the front line, man. They are actually here, and there's supposed to be more coming. You know, so it's been it's way more than what the media showing, but yeah. the media, you know, they're gonna try to turn things to, to, to get a story out of it. And I'm not saying they're going to make it a negative thing, but they're, they're going to spin it to an angle to, you know, keep people, 
you know, tuning in and, and all that good stuff. But, man, it's just a lot of positive stuff going on. Yeah. You know, how, the, how far are you away from, from where it happened? Like, how far are you? Um, I, I actually, I just built a house outside of Baton Rouge, so I live actually outside of Baton Rouge, but that part of town is a, is a, is a poverty area, you know, it's the hood, Yeah, you know, so the city of Baton Rouge is not that big, it's probably about the size of Dayton, to be honest, Yeah. so, um, but where I'm at, I'm, I'm kind of outside the city limits, man, to be honest. Yeah, cool. And like the biggest industry in uh, Baton Rouge is a university, correct? Uh, when you say industries, as far as what bringing in, bringing revenue. in jobs, revenue, and stuff like that. Nah, uh, uh, nah. We um, we are uh, a plants. We got a lot of plants, chemical plants in Baton Rouge. Just pretty much, <laughs> excuse me. That's all most of the young people do, man. We got Exxon plant, Texaco, Valero, mm-hmm. um, Shell. We down here, man. Plants is real, real big. So we're bringing a lot of revenue and jobs out here. Is our, our chemical plants. And then, you know, the athletes, everybody want to go to LSU. Right. So, yeah. And Southern. So, you know, we got Southern, which is a struggle black college, and, of course, LSU. So everybody, you get a lot of people, young people wanting to come here to go to school, most definitely. Yeah, man. So bring us into light down there, man. What are what are we not hearing about what happened that night? You know, you know, up here we get our <laughs> CNNs and Fox News and everything like that, but what are the streets talking about what happened? Um... When I talk to my peers and my, my people, and, you know, of course, y'all know, man, I've been involved in law enforcement about 15 years now. Right. And I'm I'm actually in law enforcement now and and being an African-American. So I'm kind of torn between things. But what I do is I always tell people, evidence don't lie. You just go with what the evidence say. And, you know, but what people are saying is it was murder. You know, yeah. people are frustrated. They say the man was killed in cold blood so and you know the video that you guys are seeing is really what everybody's seeing so there's no secret video that we're only seeing down here mm-hmm. we're basically looking at the same video you guys are looking at and people are just basically monday morning quarterbacking their video and slowing it down and just keep looking at it over and over and over it and people opinion is that the man was murdered you know right and that's what's getting them upset that they, that that the man was murdered and the cops got to go home and they're put on administrative leave and getting paid after this man was murdered. And I don't know if you guys can recall or this touched, you know, nationwide news, but probably about six months back, there was two African-American officers who accidentally killed a six-year-old child in Marksville, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And those brothers went to jail Off during the investigation. And they had to bond out. And one guy almost wasn't even able to bond out. They set the bond for like a couple million dollars to where he, you know, it was almost impossible for him to get out. Mm. And those brothers went to jail during the investigation. The investigation still on the way, but they had to bond out. These wow. guys get to go home and, you know, be with their families during a time like this until the investigation is over. No charges brought against them. But those brothers immediately, the state came and did the investigation and immediately charged these guys. That's so, another thing I wanted to ask actually both you guys. Um, when you see these investigations done, um, you know, they do internal investigations. But why correct. is it done by, you know, that's like asking me to investigate Killer Kev. Like, right. I, that's an automatic uh, conflict of interest. Why yeah, isn't exactly, it like the exactly. State Department or the feds in charge of it instead of like the local county people? Like, technically, they're all in the same. They work all work hand in hand together. Right. Um, what's going on here with, with the, with Mr. Sterling is the state department did take over mm-hmm. and the state will BRPD is doing their intern, their internal affairs is doing their investigation. The state is doing their investigation. And also the FBI is doing a civil rights investigation and they're coming from New Orleans to do that investigation. And also the department of justice is mm-hmm. doing their investigation. So you do have outside agencies conducting that that investigation because you're right if if these guys see each other every day at work how are you going to ask this man to fairly you know it'd be fair across the board and these guys may be friends their kids might be you know mm-hmm. playing on little league together and it just won't be a fair investigation yeah That's, <laughs> it's really mind-blowing to think about something like that and another question i have for you like there's so many 
different laws with uh, concealed and carry, uh, open carry state. I mean, honestly, I can't keep it all clear. Only one that I know for sure, like two that I know uh, is Ohio because I live here. And then right. in New York, they had is super strict gun policies. So, I mean, just from the outside looking in, what are the gun laws in Louisiana? Well, for people that that's not familiar with the South, the old South, you know, back in the old days with the war, we are a gun token carrying place down here in Louisiana. It is legal to walk around with a firearm and open carry, you know, and for those who don't understand it or are not picking up, you know, what I'm putting down is it's like the Wild Wild West. You can walk around with your weapon, but it has to be visible. It can't be concealed. Mm. And it could be loaded. And another thing that Louisiana has that a lot of some other states don't have is you don't have to have a concealed carry to have it in your, in your car because some states... If it's concealed in your car, you still can get a uh, catch a charge for having a weapon concealed. Right. Where a police officer couldn't see it in plain view. <clears throat> so in Louisiana, the law states that your vehicle is an extension of your home. Mm-hmm. So the same way you <clears throat> the same way you keep your weapon at home is the same way you can keep it in your car. So you can ride around with an, with an AK loaded in your car next to you and and police polio is completely legit and it's legal. Or you can have it concealed where the police can't see it. It's just like having them in your home, you know. So that's why you got a lot of gun violence out here in Louisiana because everybody riding around with guns. I mean, it's it's not illegal to do that, to do so. So let me ask you guys both this question. Uh, do you think we need to have a gun law across the board for every state in the union to say, all right, these are the laws in every state. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is what it's going to be. Um, I think that, that something like that could possibly work where, but you know, when, with regards to saying that, you do have your Second Amendment to bear arms, so technically that covers all 50 states. Right. And then it's up to that state how they want to, you know, minimize it or maximize it or tweak it a little bit. But across the board, we got our Second Amendment to bear arms. But like you said, I think, see, with the guns and stuff, it's it's so it's a touchy topic because the guns never kill people. It's the people killing people, you know. And you can tighten up the gun laws and put stuff across the board, all these checks and boundaries, uh, as much as you want. But if people want to commit crime... If people want to commit murder using a weapon, being a firearm, they will get their hands on one, and they will make it happen. It don't matter how tight you tighten it up. You know, the, the tighter you get it, the more guns going to cost on the black market, you know. So we can tighten up gun laws and, and, and the requirements to get them all you want, you know. But I still think that's not going to stop things, these guns from getting out here on these streets because all the illegal activity going on, they'll find a way to get them, yeah. you know. What you think, Kelly? Man, I think I think for me, man, it's more. I'm definitely on that page, but it's also for me, like, I think it's probably having the military background is I don't want to tighten them to where it's, it's it's impossible for someone to get a firearm that is being used against them. I don't mm-hmm. want I don't want one mm-hmm. side to have more firepower than the other. That's right. That's right. So that's it's right. like if you want to make it a check and balance, that's cool. It make me wait seven to ten business days. Cool, you know, but. It shouldn't be able. I can go to the pawn shop, drop two stacks, and head to the head to the nearest location that I want to do damage. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it shouldn't be that easy. So, kind of, I'm kind of, kind of hit or miss with it. Like I, I, I do believe it needs to be tightened up. Yes, it needs to be something done. Yes, but it also <laughs> needs to be the thought process of if we all are, are limited to nine mils and shotguns, and you know, sometimes the AKs and you know. <laughs> Those 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 can those can do a little more damage a little more faster. So. Right, right. And both of you guys coming from that military background, man, y'all know all about weapons and AKs and what type of damage they actually can do. I just always come from from a standpoint of what does an everyday citizen like myself who has no training at all need an AK for? Like to me, that just screams like something's gonna happen. Yeah, right. And when you look at all these other uh, mass shootings, like the unfortunate situation in Orlando, uh, Sandy Hook, so many other places, they're registered guns, and it seems like it's always an AK. It's always an automatic weapon of some t- some kind. Yeah. And it's just, 
I don't know, man. It just seems just from the outside looking in, it's always something going on with that weapon itself and mass shootings and it's registered. So it's just like, what do we do as a country with with so many guns and so many people and just so much tension and violence all all the time? Yeah, that's that's the toughest. That's the toughest question. <coughs> what do we do? Because, I mean, there's so many you can make it start making it tighter one way. And it gets looser the other, you know. Or, exactly, that's exactly so, what happens. So yeah, it, it, it's it's tough, man. It, <laughs> I don't got that answer. <laughs> I wish I did. Oh man, we can't let you leave without giving us uh some, your thoughts on the current hip hop situation, man. Just what's going on in hip hop today, Shell? Oh man, music. Uh, <laughs> you know that's a soft spot for me. <laughs> uh, uh, I I like. It's, it's pros and cons of what's going on. Um, you know, a lot of these brothers are making a lot of money. Um, you're seeing the artists be able to sign other artists and branch off into movies and do a lot of things, man. Social media has escalated the music industry to a whole new plateau, you know. Um, it is, you know, it's, 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 I'm bittersweet. Some of the music, I can't get down with some of this music and some of the lyrics and stuff that they're talking about and, you know, some of these guys have a voice to voice a lot of things, and they're not using their voice. To me, I feel like they're not using their voice to be able to, you know, touch more people and, and do more positive things than what they're doing. I think some of these artists are, are using that plateau to, uh, and they're tearing down some of the stuff that, you know, going on in the community. They're promoting a lot of the drugs and the, the shootings and all that crazy stuff and catching bodies and all of that stuff, man. I think a lot of that stuff don't need to be, Put in, put in the music, but at the end of the day, that's what's going on in the community, you know. So, and you look at stuff like what what Jay doing with Title Man, mm-hmm. magnificent. Um, you know, Apple is trying to buy Title. You know, that's gonna be a it, big check, boy. That's gonna be a big. Check, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got that off. <laughs> that man. But what they did with the Title thing was brilliant. You know. Yeah. Um, just you look at the moguls and what the moguls are doing is magnificent. But then you look at what the younger People are coming up doing, making a bunch of noise and not really doing anything. You know, they get a couple of checks here and that. You know, you get a you get about three or four new artists every year. And yeah. You never hear from them again. Yeah. You know, these guys, they come and they go. They're not making that music that's going to last a lifetime, you know. So on the lower end, bittersweet, you know, but on the, on the, looking at the, the industry as a whole, you know, the DJs are moving, uh, the radio shows are jamming. You got radio personalities. Look at the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club is crazy. You know, you got all these outlets now, man, and, and these guys are really making a living and really putting money in their pockets. First how it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, man. But, you know, working radio, man, you, you got to damn near work another job. You know, <laughs> you know so, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so now you got guys, man, really making money, you know, able to host parties, traveling, moving around, giving people outlets to be able to showcase what they doing, you know, you know, for instance, if DJ Envy bring your name up on a brothers club, everybody in their mom gonna be going to look for you on social media. Yeah. You know, so you got guys like AR Ab who, you know, out of Philly, these guys getting signed by Birdman, you know, we got some guys down here in Baton Rouge called the Black Balloon Boys. They got they just got picked up by Rich Gang. I mean, guys are uh, uh you know, these moguls are really controlling the industry, I think, from a from a uh, you know, just from the outside looking in, it looks like we controlling the industry. We're doing what we want to do, you know. So I think I feel proud of it. It's it's making money. It's booming. I'm happy. I'm still listening to some of you guys. You know, shout out to Gucci Man. I think he came home rapping better than he did before he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He on that plant based diet. He out here vegan on them, boy. Man, Gucci make everybody want to get back in the gym. <laughs> man, I'm trying to tell you, but it's all good though, man. It's I'm definitely happy with what's going on, man. To just to each to his own, you know. Absolutely, man. We definitely appreciate you coming on. Kelly, okay, you got any more questions? Nah, man. I just want to say thank you, man. Thanks for coming through, man. We appreciate it. So. Oh no problem. Anytime, man. I be y'all as long as everything going on, man. Just hit me up. We'll do it on Sundays, man. And I'll keep y'all briefed on on what's going on and, and everything that's popping. You know, like I said, I'm finna get ready to suit up and square up and go out there, man, and be peaceful. And show my support, even though I'm law enforcement, I'm still going out there and show support, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, man. Any uh any way people can stay in contact with you, anything like that? Oh, uh, just get 
hit me up on the book, man. You know, Victor Shellshock Ennis. My government name is in there. Uh, Shell uh, Shock since '83 for my gram. You know, and if you you know my my homies, y'all got my number, man. Just just hit me up anytime, man. And uh, before I get out of here, man, once again, man, rest in peace to my big brother. We love you, man. We miss you, man. Don't y'all forget, cherish the moment, live in the moment, man. Yeah. Absolutely, Mo Beats. Yeah, man. Had a guest on today, G. Yeah, man, that's dope. Very, very dope, man. Yeah. I definitely want to get back into that, man, because uh, just a couple small things I wanted to mention. And, uh, you know, my father-in-law is a retired police officer. Okay. And one of my best friends is a police officer in Houston. So I, I literally hit up my boy, stays down in uh, Houston, out the blue. Not out the blue because we talk all the time. But, like, yo, I know we work that night shift. So hit him up with a text like, yo, bro, thinking about you, man. Be safe out there. You know, tension is going to be high. Blah, 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 blah. He hit me back like, yeah, man, I know, man. Thanks for the thanks for the well words. Go to sleep that night. Wake up the very next morning. The Dallas shooting happened overnight while I was asleep. Wow. Hit him the, soon because I went to bed watching everything about uh, Philando yeah. up in Minnesota. Went to sleep to that. Turned the TV on. The very first thing I see is the Dallas shooting. Yeah. So, you know, we've gone to sleep and woken up to three horrific days man, man. And, and just I, to think we came back last week yeah just to do a you know a quick because we had the incident that happened in Baton Rouge. absolutely man so i hear him up like yo bro are you, is this is this real is this really happening he's like yeah man i've been listening on the scanner all night um we just patrolling um just waiting for you know what I'm saying them to start their march down here and uh we're getting stuff organized and then all that stuff happened i was like Man, like, bro, please be safe, man. Yeah, one of my one of my good friends, man. He's a he's a Atlanta SWAT. Mm-hmm. So he's uh he's out there. He's uh coming from an injury, shoulder surgery, but uh he's been in law enforcement for a minute. And I just think, like, man, with the with with the randomness of that, you know, it was like those are the things that get copied. Those yes. are the things that that a troubled individual. Is fuel to their fire, you know, helps them helps them get over the edge of doing it or not doing it. So it's like, I hate to see it, and I it got to be reported, you know, it got to be told. But it's like, man, I wish that I, I wish there was a way to tell it and then not tell it as repetitive. For right, kind of how like when a fan runs on the field on the NFL game, yeah. they don't even show them no more. Yeah. They, they just they still doing it though. Yeah, it's still, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Still in the wintertime too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they aren't showing them and that used to be the, you know, almost like the you know, pull the fire alarm, buddy. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like the uh, I bet you won't, you know, I bet I will, you know, so it's crazy, things, man. You things, can't make things, it up. Yeah, things gotta change though, man. Things things gotta really be I heard something this morning, man. It's been just stuck on my on my brain all day. It was Kendrick, man. He was talking about how like at the end of the day, you just gotta come back to love. Like you can you can do whatever you want and go with different paths you want and feel a certain way about this and that and the violence and the political views, all that blah blah blah. If we just get back to just loving each other and just giving a fuck about each other for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, like all a lot of this stuff will just start ironing itself out. But that's that's like asking LeBron to go eighty for eighty. Right. You know, it's like you, you you can know what the you you can know the answer, you you can feel like you have input to help the answer, but I think a lot of times too with with, with this type of thing is we all find ourselves on Facebook either reading the comments all day that people are talking about or or saying something that get off our chest. Mm-hmm. But in the, the day we all preaching to each other, and we ain't the ones really out there doing it like that. You right, know, we're not the ones out there shooting up places. So it's like we need to. Sit back and maybe volunteer at your high school. Talk to some of these kids. Make sure to make sure the next group of kids coming from the hood know know right from wrong. <laughs> First off, you right, know? <laughs> get them on a path because that's the only way this thing is gonna get 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 the kinks out. Is gonna be taking it to the streets and just really taking care of the youth. BT had that uh that town hall meeting on. Yeah, so I watched it. My biggest, well, my only issue with it is, so whenever they have town hall meetings, it's always people that are mostly on the same page. Yeah. Talking to people that are on the same page as you 
really doesn't get you too far. You have to have people that have a different opinion from you to see where they're coming from, to under, try to understand where they're coming from and then find a solution in there. Because I believe they had a, a former uh, New York police chief on. And first thing out of his mouth, like, yeah, man, it's messed up. Like, like he talked about everything. Yeah. Talked about all the senseless murders. Talked about Trayvon. Talked about Eric Garner and just like, yeah, that's a legal chokehold. They should have been, they should have been arrested. They should have been brought up on charges at least. Uh, this, that, the third. And I'm listening to him and I understand, like, he's giving his opinion. And, but yeah, you, you're on the side of reason. Yeah. We need to be talking to the people that are on the other side and people that think, like, yo, y'all are less than people. Yeah. Y'all are not worthy of this or, this is why we fear y'all. I also read a stat about police officers and training where they do practice targeting and everything like that. They say the percentages of them shooting the black people in the targets are higher than them shooting the white people in targets over a span of 15 years. So this is not like, oh, man, this is just one sample size. This is a 15 year sample size. Right. So that needs to be addressed, too. Yes. Why are black people, why are you so afraid of black people? Like, dude, like, it crazy is crazy. Black, white, blue, purple. It don't matter what color you are. If you crazy or you a wild person or you, you got a gun, it don't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and like you, and, and then what, what aggravates, you know, us as a, as a people, I won't even say the black community because it's just, it's us, you know, mm-hmm. what aggravates us is that. When you see the the white man in a steak and shake, you know, resisting arrest, two or oh, three man. cops on him, de- throwing them around the room. And it's like, you see how they get treated, and then you see how we get treated. Right. And it's like, two plus two is not five. Right. We, we know that. So it's like something is going on to where it, it it's a comfort issue. It's a... I work on the west side of Dayton, but I live in Oakwood issue. Mm-hmm. It's a, where you spend your weekends. Like I, I've always said to my friends, man, like I wish like school board meetings and town hall meetings, like with all these parks and pavilions we have around, around the, around Dayton, Ohio, I can only speak for my hometown, but with all these parks and pavilions, there's no way you can't has a government, a, a, a city government or, or, or school district spending a thousand dollars into a PA system, plant yourself at the park, and have your school board meeting to where maybe someone who might want to come but don't have no way to get there can walk down the street and come listen. You can move it around, get the people in the neighborhoods to come out. You know, like, we don't even have block parties like that no more. A block, right. a block party is just a way of saying we don't just bombard the street for a couple of hours. <laughs> you know, it's like, but get back to what that stuff used to mean. Like, mm-hmm. getting to know your neighbors, getting to know the law enforcement, your, your firefighters, your EMTs. All that stuff matters at the end of the day when you can... When you can come by Put somebody a in the a store face. and say, hey, Mr. Jim, what's up, Kev? How you doing? You know, mm-hmm. next time I think about robbing the store, I might be like, nah, man, I ain't on that. Right. I fuck with Jim. You know Right. Like? Absolutely. <laughs> so. It's funny you mentioned that because, uh, like I said before, me and wifey, uh, we just moved into a crib and everything like that. And uh, we know our two neighbors on the right, like, you know, him and the guy that lives next to him. We know them. See them all the time. Yeah. Older gentleman. Uh, he's off the hook. Like he chills in his garage with one of his buddies and drink beer. And uh, they got, got posters of all types of <laughs> bikini models on there. So I, I really fox with him. <laughs> <laughs> and our other neighbor, super cool dude. But our neighbor to the left of us, <laughs> I see her like once every blue moon. N- no, no head nod. No. I try to give her the, the deuces. Like, yeah. Hey, how you doing? As I'm cutting the grass one day, she's just, yeah. it's like, like our people. And you know, I'm not saying she's racist or anything like that, but it's just like, yo man, we, we live in the same community. It's yeah. Don't, you might want to know who I am because <laughs> Hey man, like if something goes awry, <laughs> like exactly. It, you should always at least know your neighbors. And that should be something that just, I think that just come from, your upbringing too. Some people didn't have that upbringing where it was cool to talk to the neighbor. Cause I got some neighbors that moved in right now <laughs> across from me. We've been there about a month and they said a word. I see them every day. And it's like, when we going to get past the mugging stage, man, I, I live here too. Right. Like we can say what's up. Like I said, what's up to them numerous times. 
He might give me a head nod back, but I've, I've yet to hear this man's voice. Wow. And it's like, for what, man? For what, dude? <laughs> like, for why? what? Like, you moved over here. You knew. You you should be wanting to be like, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. Like you say, if I walk by and see your, see your curtain smoking. Right. You might want me to be like, hey, bro. But you keep kicking dirt in my shoes. I'm going to be like, fuck your curtain. You know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, it's getting back to just treating people how you want to be treated, man. Like, I, I've never understood. Like, you can be as cool for school as you want, man, but it, it's all right to say what's up, how you doing. It's, it's okay to say I'm sorry, my bad. Like, cats cats don't want to – that they too manly for their own good sometimes, and it's like, for what? For what? It don't make no sense, man. I know me growing up, um, was like, super shy in school. Like, I had my group of friends, but – Outside of them, like, I really didn't talk to everybody. But, you know, more and more I got out of my shell. My friends, and shoot, I've had the same friends, four uh, friends, since we're at elementary school. Still got a text message going on. Probably somebody's going to hit me up with some stupid shit today. Sound like the wood. (laughs) Yeah, so we're the same group of four friends. And those guys are all always been far more outgoing than myself. Um, you know, dude playing on a football team, wrestling team. Uh, my other two homies, like they was in the girls early, a lot earlier than I was. So, you know, they would always be like, man, you got to do, you got to do this. You got to do that, man. You got to stop acting like that. You got to stop acting like that. So, you know what I'm saying? With their help, help me come out of my shell more. So I would speak to people and then me going to right state, I forced myself to speak to people, go out of my way to say, Hey, what's going on? And speak to people and say, what's up? But is that just society today where we're so involved what's going on this device right here? I'm picking up my phone, by the way, that, you know, we're more interested in what's going on on Facebook and Instagram and double tapping everything that we see that we're just not engaged to speak to people yeah. anymore. Just like, eh, forget forget talking to him. I'll just text somebody. The way I always compare it to, compare it to is the same way the post office is struggling is how people are struggling. Mm. I say that. Like our our grandmothers, you know that generation, they still coming to look at the new stamps that come out. They still coming to mail their Christmas cards. They still coming to mail their, you know, they still using a post office for writing a letter to someone. Mm-hmm. Our parent generation, eh, half and half. Some still do. Some paying their, their bills online. You know, our generation ain't wrote a handwritten letter. Who knows how long. <laughs> Only has to buy a stamp when the envelope says we do for whatever reason that we, you know, a certified letter we send it off for some reason once every six years. Get that rebate. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like people aren't now I compared that to, you know, the older generation to us. But I, when you compare it to how people are interacting with each other, the younger generation is so in tune to the technology. The older generation is still old school. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't have that interaction with someone that you might when you're waiting in line at the DMV to renew your license. You know, you might be waiting 45 minutes and be talking about the Bengals. Now, mm-hmm. everybody is like, wh- whoever they came there with, like, you see that alert on CNN? So-and-so mm-hmm. just shot so-and-so. You know, it's like, it's whispers. It's, it's the people aren't being cordial. People aren't talking like they used to be. And, and it, it, not saying that I'm that way and, and people aren't, you know, I, we all be in our phones and all be in our devices and doing, it makes life so much easier when you can check your balance that you, before you go into Best Buy and spend that band on that TV, you can mm-hmm. walk in and be like, oh, cool. I know how much I got. I don't have to go to the bank and check my balance at ATM. Like, you know, like, so some of that stuff is needed. Some of that stuff is just, is hurting interpersonal communication. Right. <laughs> Talking with each other. I worry about that, man. Absolutely. I worry about that a lot because, I even, when I'm taking notes at work and stuff like that, in the few meetings we do have, <laughs> I, f- I look at my handwriting, my penmanship, it is dramatically got worse yeah. and worse and worse. And I'm like, I'm using cursive and back to regular letters. <laughs> it's like, man, what am I doing? Like, yeah. It is bad, man. It's just because of using a cell phone and a computer typing so much. Like, do kids like still do handwriting in school? I have no idea. I don't. I don't See, have any any kids or cousins in school right yeah. now. They're they're doing basic like the you know stay between the the, the lines type of. You know, I need letters. to take that a class again. But like as far as like cursive, 
not in schools. Some school districts, like my daughter, where our kids go to school at, they are doing cursive just as a quote unquote like ex- extracurricular thing to do in class, not 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 state mandated. Mm. So they're not really learning the cursive. They are doing the penmanship still, like my kindergarten, first, second grade. They was it was doing that stuff, but like how we were, like we was doing that stuff. It felt, it felt like third grade, fourth grade, <laughs> tedious. <laughs> yeah. Like Double you, space. Like you started, you started cursive in like third or fourth grade, and you was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm learning cursive now, sucker." You know, like <laughs> the loops. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how to make a, a Z in cursive, right? Oh, <laughs> a Q. I'll be all messed up. That's a fact, Capital man. Capital G. Oh, oh yeah, I'm ready. That's it, man. That'd be tough, man. That's yeah. what that's what they need to do. Have a, you know, they had that game show. Are you smarter than the fifth graders? Like, put man. All yeah. right, we know you're going to answer some questions. Let's see some handwriting out here. And you were talking about that. Like, with my job, I'm typing probably 80% of my day. But, like, I have to, like, write notes to the doctor. So-and-so come in. He want to be seen. Our next appointment ain't for two or three months. He got problems. So I put a note into the doctor. You know, so-and-so got this eye pain for this long, blah, blah. But when I'm when I'm typing my notes, I find myself wanting to use, like, you instead of, like, <laughs> Y-O-U. You know, or put LOL after something. <laughs> Slick, you know what I'm saying? Like, but in in certain settings, right. you gotta, you know, in someone's medical chart, that's not a proper <laughs> right. So I, that was kind of funny to see myself go through that in the beginning, and then I had to write notes to doctors as well, and I find myself, like you said, you just be writing, trying to get it done fast, and like out of nowhere, I'll capitalize the H in half. Like for what? Like why did I just like what's going man. on? It's just like you say you just when you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh <laughs> I know everything that popped off ooh, bad bad choice of words. Everything that happened in uh Minneapolis with Philando Castile, hopefully yeah. I pronounced his name correctly. That's probably the the scariest one for me. Yeah. That one, I still want to know how she was just talking like she was just uh, she wasn't like reacting. I guess, I guess she was acting calm. Maybe she was in shock, mm-hmm. you know. But to see how she was just like talking to the camera, still wasn't even like applying pressure to the, where he was shot to bleeding she out. Was probably like, scared to move yeah, her hands. Yeah, like when you that scared and that, and, and and for the cop to, to my understanding, be asking for your license, mm-hmm. and you be reaching for what he asked for. And get shot, and how long they kind of stood there, and just kind of like he didn't want to admit to the mistake. He tried to come up with a reason as to why he did it, right? But to have that technology to where it's live like that, like and it spread like wildfire too. And that's the thing about the, what's going on now. Like now, it would have took the radio, uh, you know, guy at at one forty five to come on with breaking news or mm-hmm. would have took the T V to switch off the soaps or off the prices right to tell somebody something. Now it's like within ten minutes, you can have hundreds of millions of people in tune with what's with the topic. You know, if it's shared through you know, through the major outlets that people that people, you know, look for, they look mm-hmm. for the news, the the validation of a news source that they believe in or trust and it's like it's out right then and there. And something like this just shared through the people. Technology, man. Technology, man. It's a, um, the scary part about it for me was obviously he asked for the license and he went for the license and got shot. But the second part was how calm she was and how much of a panic the police officer was. She was calming him down. He was going crazy. Like I told him, I told him, like, dude, you're the authority figure. Why are you? That's what I was talking about last week, man. It's like they have to. If that would, if that would have been an autistic or someone with a, with a special needs, they would have handled that differently emotionally. Mm-hmm. Why does your emotions flare up and get so, you know, you get so adrenaline rushed when dealing with African Americans? Mm-hmm. That just goes to the fact that you was raised in a town where there wasn't many, if any. Like, like I look back to like my military man, like boot camp. Like I, I probably been in like one fight through high school, through growing up in Trotwood. That I can think of one fight. I was in three fights in a nine week span in basic training. Straight up, because you were dealing with 
50 guys, I was an all male basic training, 50 guys from 50 different places trying to be, I ain't going to be the punk. Right. You know, it's almost like going to jail, like who, who, <laughs> who the weakest link? <laughs> who can we steal their snacks from? You know, like that happens. You going to eat your cone bread. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, man. And it's like, but but you would meet people and like getting to know people, talking with, they had the battle buddy system where you, the person you shared a bunk with, y'all couldn't be arms length apart. Y'all had to stay together. Y'all went to lunch together. Y'all went to breakfast together. Y'all went to brush your teeth together. Like y'all had to do things together, but you learned a new person. Mm-hmm. And a guy, man, he wasn't my battle buddy, but we slept across from each other. I was the first black person he ever talked to, and I'm mixed. <laughs> like he was from Montana. He was farming. You know, he was like the big city thing was what you, what you watched on TV. It was it wasn't real. It was like we don't see that every day. That's that's the that's fantasy. The, yeah, them city people. You know, and it's like to make to mix in with different cultures for him. And I could tell he was like just silent to the fact of just taking it all in. You know, just knowing that it's a whole nother 50 million worlds out there from mm-hmm. the one he was in. And it's like, that to me is how some of these cops, man, like you can't fault no one for their upbringing, you know, where they, where they rest their head, where they rest their head, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, there needs to be a process for interacting with something that you haven't. Right. You know, and it, like anything, if you start a job as a, as a pilot, you're not flying an F-16 the first day. You doing some training. You doing some. You know. You doing some learning on what needs to be done. If you a cop, you're not walking in and and next thing you know, you on the SWAT team leading the SWAT into a raid and having to you know rescue Bin Laden. You know, like you go through some training. It's like mm-hmm. that's needed, man. Just just learning each other again is needed. It has to happen, man, because the calmest person in the video was her after her fiance got shot and then when they put her in the car in the cop car afterwards it broke my heart to hear her daughter saying i'm here for you like man man, four years old four years old what courage like this dude shot into a car with a four-year-old in it didn't even know probably that's that's crazy dog that's crazy it's crazy and and like how people you know like in the they used to say, I saw someone say this on, on TV, how like in the older days, they used to say we were lying when we were trying to say that this cop treated us differently or did that. And now we got video proof of it. And it's like, now what? We not lying. Like, I got now, some, is, now is what did you do? What did you do to provoke it? And I, then it switched to, well, you were a criminal, uh, like, uh, Alton Sterling 16 years ago mm-hmm. right, we're gonna pull up your criminal record from 16 years ago after you paid your debt to society yeah. we're gonna bring up your criminal record from 16 years ago what was you doing 16 years ago Killer Kev man 16 years ago <laughs> I was I was a senior in high school you know old different person exactly <laughs> exactly that's my point man different person like so they're, they're not allowing people to grow as people they gonna pull up mug shots and then bring up what he did 16 years ago, and it's just it's just sad, yeah. man. And I think one two one thing that I would like to address too, real quick before we get out of here, man, is oh, the good. the media, man. The media media is so powerful in giving you a certain image that they believe in. You know, they from going to a broadcasting school and 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 learning some of these things, you know. Editing is a powerful thing, a powerful tool, you know, capturing B-roll footage mm-hmm. of a certain of a certain subject matter. You know, I can make you seem like I got Jordans all through this room. That don't mean they're my Jordans. That don't mean I bought them. That don't mean that these ain't props that they don't belong. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's ways to make you feel a certain way about yep. something. So with the media, man, like, there has to be a better way to unbiasedly give us the news, you know, cause you'll find news outlets, man, that they're only going to want to show the shot with him with the turban on. Right. They don't want to show the shot with him in his military uniform. They don't want to show the shot, you know, at first with him in just civilian clothes, you know, it's like, 
they want to give you that image and give you that that, that narrative. Yeah, so that they put you in a in a space where really when 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 when, when the white kid does it, you know, how are you are you bringing up his past? Are you bringing up I mean, we just saw it right here in our own backyard with uh the kid from Oakwood that was a swimmer in Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, at first, whenever they were talking about him, they were swim, uh, bringing up his swimming photo. Him smiling ear to ear. Ain't yeah. on the swim team. Got a scholarship to Stanford like nice University. Kid. When you pulled that black mug shot, it looked like he was out there popping all types of mollies, boy. <laughs> yes. And that's the one thing. Like they, and they, they put that, put that mug that shot. to us. They put that mug shot. Uh, the police wouldn't release it. Why aren't you going to release it? Exactly. He's a criminal. They like uh, this two way street needs to be cleaned up, man. Absolutely. This this two way street, man. It's like you can't say that equal rights is for all when they not it's proven. That's a that fact. Not. And everything that happened in Dallas, man, my heart goes out to those officers that were shot, yeah, man, and the and the ones that were murdered because that's what that was too. Absolutely. <laughs> the, that wasn't. Uh, someone out there helping the situation you're making it worse right and then and that for me man like i i just hate because they're not you're never going to get the full release of the full you know four hour standoff right he could have been saying the sky is blue but they want you to say that he said i hate all white people Mm -hmm. i want to kill white you know what i'm saying like when there's only one story to tell it can be told however it deemed necessary you know and that's that's what i hate about these situations is that you don't get the four hours of him telling you when they kept saying it was gonna blow my head up you know they kept forcing me to you know make a decision you know like you don't hear none of that you don't hear none of his emotions of what he really was really going through it's what we are told after sometimes 24 hours of Mm -hmm. getting it together to tell us like you can't just come out of the and tell us what happened Right, and my my problem with that one is, after they got him, blew him up with the bomb and everything like that, they release his name. But we're still waiting for the officer's name in Minnesota. Why he getting paid? Yeah, I'm I'm I mean I'm not condone obviously not condoning what that maniac did in in Dallas. And small fact about that, that was like right around the corner from where JFK was assassinated too. Mm-hmm. So it's just irony like the sniper obviously murdered JFK and then the sniper's taking out police officers. And the probably the worst part about it is what a great job that police department was doing. Yeah. They, they were out of, there. They had a lot of minority officers like, that I could tell from the footage. It seemed yeah. you know, that might be the image the media wanted to show me. You right. Know? Look, there's a group of ten officers right there. Take this shot. Right. Well, like they got a lot of them. Could have been just been them ten. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but what they were doing, like you know, I go, I went back on their their feed from their Twitter feed, and they're 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 taking pictures with the people. Yeah. They're that got streets blocked off. They were they were doing with what you would want a police department to do with a peaceful uh, protest. Yeah. Be a part of it. Help it out. Hey, do your thing. Let's. We're just here to make sure nothing crazy happens. Right. And unfortunately something crazy did happen. So that's what that's what troubles me the most, and man. Now that forces law enforcement as a whole to look back and say, Well, we know our city is doing this, you know, tomorrow. Right. Do we need to have three cops on every block? Or do we need to be re- battle rattled up? Right. Coming towards them. You know, like and it just leads to that, you know, at the end of the day, these people, husbands, wives, kids, it's just their occupation. Right. You know, it's how they eat. Like some of them need to not be eating this way. Some of them need to care a little more about it, more about it than a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that 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 public 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 servant like employment is is it needs to be more than just you know a check. Right. That's that's an occupation that really needs to have needs to have a. Uh, a meaning behind it, and, and and you care more about it than 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 that forty hour check because at the end of the day, that's what's gonna keep the streets at least uh, at least understanding each other. You know, knowing that just because I'm walking around your side of the neighborhood, 
I'm not out here to cause problems. You know, you saw the video of the young man uh, with the old lady who was a uh, only saw her not. She mm-hmm. was screaming out rape. He uh-huh. was he was visiting his mother in an apartment complex. He had a turban on. Him and his friends are grilling. He sees this lady with binoculars watching him. She keeps looking at him. You know, he's walking towards her to like ask her why is she looking at them with binoculars. Right. They're probably in an apartment or a condo and a half apart, you know, 60, 70, 80 feet apart. He, she's, he, he's walking towards her and with that amount of distance. And she starts hollering, rape, help, <laughs> he's beating me, help, rape. You know, like, and it was like, really? <laughs> like, it, it, it just, it was just, it, it, it was sad to see he end up asking her questions and, you know, why would you say this? And he was handling it, you know, as a young man should, you know, he was frustrated, but he wasn't disrespecting her or nothing but it just showed like it just showed the difference in how people are treated man like if he wanted to come ask you a question you shouldn't feel like he about to rape you right are you that much fear like there's something wrong with people man when that first thing they think about is fear like there you do the numbers on it and there's out they oh you always hear that saying it's one bad apple in the batch or whatever that's what it is man it's individuals that are doing it's not the not the masses. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's not it it's, it's, not all black people that are bad. It's not all cops that are bad. There's obviously not all Muslims are bad. It's it's select few individuals that's effing it up, man, yeah. and creating this this fear and this outrage towards one another, man. We have a lot of problems in our country, especially it seems to me it always comes back to race relations, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard President Obama talking about that. You know, it's like individual cowardness individual you know problems should not be tied into you know political matter or or black lot i mean like that's a person that had his own agenda mm-hmm. you know you can't tie that into the fact that just because a body of people are expressing them way in a certain matter that he, he might not have ever you know said a black lives matter quote to anything he might have just really been fed up. You yeah. Know, like, you don't, you don't know all the facts. And it's like, but they'll type them out how they want you to, you know, to portray them. And that's what I say to me, went back to the media, man. Like, it's hard to trust the media outlet for your, you know, one source. You got you to gotta look at seven different media outlets and then devise your own opinion. Absolutely. Like, my big bro say... Jimmy Mack always say, you got to do your research. Do your own research. Don't just rely on someone else to tell you what it is. You yeah. know, go look at it from all points of view. He yeah. always says that to me. And we, I got two more for you. Two more for you before we slide up out of here, man. Little, little less heavy topics. Yeah, yeah. D-Wade. D-Wizzle. D-Wade. To the shy tizzle. What you think <laughs> about that? Huh? He wanted that bread. <laughs> that meant more to him than I mean. Yeah, he got sick of seeing Delhi get forty million. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> shoot, Austin Rivers get thirty five million. Moskov getting that sixty four million. He's like, man, I need my fair cut. I need he my. Said dough. he wanted two two and fifty, and I guess two and forty seven was close enough. Close enough. Going I mean, back to Chirac. I, I think you know for for him it has to be you know like a. A home come into you know kind of like this is where I want to finish it off at, and that's cool if that's what you want to do. But like, you really could have like, not saying not even saying Cleveland or, or or that you know there was other teams out there that you could have rolled your wave out with. But I guess it meant more to him to come home. That just show like these niggas ain't broke, <laughs> right? They they comfortable. They living their lives. It's like. Let me go back home and give away some of these tickets for these last two years. Right. Go out <laughs> in the sunset. For me, it just seems like at first he was like, yo, yeah, I'm going back to Chicago. I'm going home. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show Miami heat that they disrespected me. I took pay cuts so we can get LeBron and Bosh. I took pay cuts so so-and-so could get re-signed. And they not going to give me my money. I put sacrifice all this. But now when I see like his posts on, it seemed like he regretting it, dog. You know when he gonna regret it the most? In February in Chicago. Say, <laughs> I'm about to say when it's negative five and fifty mile an hour winds. Is when it's he like I got like, to the NBA <laughs> to get out of this shit. It's cold as fuck. My car ain't even starting. How am I gonna get to the arena? Yeah, he's gonna regret that, man. Yeah, can't live that. Woo, leaving Miami. Woo. And you was the man, like the man in Miami, man. Man, how much is respect worth? 
They offered him two years, 40. $7 million worth that respect. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And that good Miami son, you just bought a crib. Well, built a brand new crib down there. Yeah, man. D Way. Got Gabriel Union in the sheets. Yeah, man. You winning, baby. Yeah, man, just, just, just stay. <laughs> Just ride that wave, man. <laughs> Instead of riding that snowblower. <laughs> right. Basketball-wise, man, I don't know if it's going to work out, man, because they don't have any shooters on the team. Man, I don't even, I can't even tell you too many of their roster right now. Rondo, Rondo, Rondo. D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, uh, Taj Gibson, and uh, Robin Lopez, I guess, will be the starting five. The best shooter out of them, Jimmy Butler, but he only shot 31% from three last year. And the way the NBA changed so much, the three ball is so important, man. Like, I don't think those driving lanes are going to be there for D-Wade. You know how much Rondo dribbles the ball. So it's just like basketball-wise, I don't think it was the best decision. But, uh, you know, extra $7 million in your pocket. That, that, that can't hurt the, the decision-making. <laughs> And my last one for you before we slide up out of here. Okay, quick story. Michael Bennett plays for the Seahawks. Yeah. Brother Martellus Bennett plays for the Pats now. Yeah. Um, Fantasy step, sleeper. Yeah. Fantasy sleeper. Yeah. It's almost that time, too. I can't wait. It's almost that time, <laughs> man. I In my league, I am the back-to-back champs, by the way. Just putting that out there. Uh, but anyway, he lives in Hawaii in the offseason. Steph Curry has a basketball camp in Hawaii. Michael Bennett has a football camp in Miami, not Miami, Hawaii. Yeah, they both both are in Hawaii. So, Steph Curry's is $2,000 for the basketball camp. Bennett's football camp, free 99 Now, from a person that DJs at a lot of these free events yeah. that give up, sacrifices your time for free events for the kids and stuff like that, what are your thoughts? Steph can't be charging 2K, man. <laughs> like, Steph, for, what are you? Okay, now, okay. If you were going to be doing some, you know, dinners and, and, and you know, make it maybe have an event, a fundraising event for a certain, you know, thing within your uh, foundation, let's say. You know, that might be something to put a price on, but, you know, that might just be a ticket thing, an, an event. When you're charging for the youth, man, it's like, well, I will say this. Could you imagine the rush of people that would want to come to Steph Curry's camp if it was free? That like, was going to be my point. Like, you can't accommodate the unknown of 10000 or 50000 You know, there's going to be thousands of people that would want to come to your camp if it was free. So you have to put a price tag on it, but you can make it to where, you know, the hundred dollar game will get you to you know the the camp and the and the lunch and you know and, but what are you charging it like is this money going back to the is it going back or or, or is this just bottle money next week? Oh, I'm sure there's a, a nice percentage that's going to to the to keep it going for next year. <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Curry getting a little bit of scratch off of that man. My thing is it's from two different perspectives. It's a one, hey man, technically. Steph Curry is only getting paid $12 million a year from this, uh, from Golden State. Yeah. So, technically, the two-time MVP is getting robbed for what he's worth, right? That's what we always say about LeBron. Like, well, yeah. he's he's worth more than this contract. But his is coming. In, in <laughs> oh, yeah. he's Next year, coming. he's about to get paid out the wazoo. <laughs> Two, I think Bennett and Curry are serving two different communities i think bennett is serving the community that we would come from yeah. like hey man well i'm putting on a football camp come on out i went to free football camps as a kid i'm gonna put one on yeah. like the ones you dj and stuff right. like that right i think curry's coming from a perspective of hey man <laughs> my dad was in the league for 15 years right. you getting you getting <laughs> three famous curries <laughs> anytime i wanted to go to a basketball camp i just hey they got a basketball camp and blah 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 dad can we go yeah here's the check yeah i think it's just that that perspective right. it's like yo man i've always had the means to go to a basketball camp and who's to say man we don't know that steph doesn't have a free basketball camp for the quote-unquote right. inner city kids right maybe just Hey, man, I got two. A free one 
and then the one that I get paid from. Exactly. And, and and that's his right. You know, I mean, it's his brand. It's his, you know, it's his camp. But I, I just think that price tag, man. It's that's like, a lot of bread, boss. Yeah, it's like that when you do that, then you take, you almost put it into a only the well-off class can, mm-hmm. can come to your camp. You know, and then why can't, you know, like, so you would hope that he would be doing something for, People that couldn't afford a two thousand dollar camp. I sure hope so, man. I definitely you hope, would hope so. But uh, that's light skin privilege is real, man. <laughs> light skin privilege is real. That's just a funny thought, <laughs> man. The, the what if he really is doing that? Like, yo, um, they got it, so I'm gonna get them, and then I'm gonna go ahead and do this camp in in Oakland, right? For these kids with this money, yeah, for the free ninety nine. <laughs> Shots out to y'all for paying for it. Yeah. I hope I hope that's what he's doing. Yeah, I, that would, I, yeah, that would be dope. That would create such a ruckus, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah. Well, there it is, man. Another episode of You Can't Make This Up podcast. Shots out to Bars and Beyond. DeMarco always holding us down. Shots out to Shell Shot for coming on the pod today. Yeah, shout to the wife out there. Man, we about to have this baby. So I know she ready to pop. Get to this tequila. <laughs> I got, I got this tequila on deck waiting for you, babe. Okay. <laughs> and that's right. You got that uh, Young Greatness show coming up on Friday at the Chrysler Union Hall, right? Yeah, man. Going to be out there with the Young Greatness, Mr. Moolah. Mr. Moolah himself, yeah. Out there with my bro, DJ Tay. And uh, do we have Do we have, do we have confirmation? Oh, yeah. We have not had confirmation oh, okay. yet. Okay, <laughs> well, me and Tay will be there if anything else. <laughs> we have not got confirmation. <laughs> I have got confirmation from Young Greatness. And if you want to open up the show, call up uh, 937-321-0489 if you want to be an opener for one of the slots mm-hmm. for Young Greatness, man. Moolah Live, you know. A lot of uh, A&R is going to be in the building. A lot of talent going to be in the building, man. Make sure you're in the building. Tickets only $20. SupremeTicket.com. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. You can't make this up, podcast. Yeah, yeah. We 15.